0: Just remind me what is this new sexual identity that's hit the market.
1: Yeah, so we bring you on every podcast, dear listeners, and it is don't.
0: That's completely
1: fine. Okay. But we will from now on.
0: Okay. It'll be one of our new resolutions. I'm Kathleen Stock.
1: And I'm Julie Bindle.
0: And this is the Lesbian Project Podcast for anyone who wants a bit more lesbian in their life
1: happy new year Year.
0: (laughs) how wonderful
1: it is that we're back on track back in the saddle back
0: baby yeah how i've
1: missed this
0: (laughs) i have i have what have you been Um, up to well um had a nice little christmas uh down south and then flew up in storm Garrett to aberdeen and um nearly died about three times on route Wow. like one of those flights where um everybody claps when the pilot manages to land the plane you, and, and then they couldn't get the steps up to the plane two men were just like pushing them and they just kept veering away because the winds were so high and then on the way home because i got a cab um because the trains were absolutely yeah you, know, you got a cab
1: from scotland
0: I got a car from Aberdeen. No, I got a car. Sorry, on the way to Montrose, where I was going, I got a car from Aberdeen to Montrose. But we, um, this, so this was on the way on on the way out, as it were. Ooh. Um, we went through floods. Like we we were passing abandoned cars. Um, I'm not sure how this bloke's engine survived the whole thing. And he said it took him three and a half hours to get back. But I did tip him a tenner, <laughs> so I'm sure it was worth it. <laughs> I bet you did. Well, I mean, it's hideous, isn't it? But you know. I don't know. I didn't have
1: anything like that kind of adventure, but I'm just thinking about had something terrible happened to you. Mm, and of course um, you would get, yeah. you, well, you, you would get an obituary in a national newspaper of note. And would it wouldn't be that glamorous. Would you write so, it? Well, I would be too upset to write it, Kathleen. Okay. That's as, and anyway, don't by leave then, it to my
0: enemies to write it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say you could easily have somebody write it that hates and detests you. I mean that yeah. would, you know, I think that guard
0: balance. A <laughs> uh, strong uh front runner in that respect. But um yeah, then I was home it well when I say home, like basically my parents' home, the place I grew up Montrose, mm-hmm. uh, for a good few days and had a very nice time, didn't do much except eat crosswords. Um What did you eat? Who cooked? I right. ate. Well, I did a lot of the cooking. Um I made steak pie for New Year's Day. Oh. Now um, tell me about that. Really tell me what's actually. in
1: it. Tell, is it is well, I made Scottish a stew tradition? the
0: night before. I mean, it's a Scottish tradition to have steak pie on New Year's Day, although it might be an English tradition for all I know. But No, definitely. it's Scottish. All right, okay. Um, and so I'd made a stew the night before. I'm sure the readers really, <laughs> sorry, viewers really want to know. Listen,
1: this. I want to know this. To okay, well, I listeners. got
0: stewing steak, red wine, rosemary, garlic. Um, made a delicious stew then I pulled off quite a lot of the liquid and reduced it down and put it back in Ugh. a bit of red currant jelly to give it a bit of sweetness left it overnight so that it developed and then I must admit I bought my short class pastry but of um, course I then blind baked two pies filled them topped them out even did that little made little leaves out of pastry and and put Ugh. um leaf patterns on it I mean it didn't you're probably all imagining something much better than what it actually looked like. Um, and then I also then made a stew with dumplings um, or what Scots would call dough balls um, with Ooh. the remaining because I couldn't fill the pie cases because I'd made okay. so much stew. Well, that and sounds that absolutely nice. delicious. It delicious. It was. It really was. What did you do? What was your best of well, period like?
1: I, you know, it was it was kind of fair to middling because I wasn't really in any mood. I mean, you know how bar humbug I am about. Christmas, so yeah. I burnt the sprouts because I absolutely hate sprouts. The only time that I like eating them, interestingly, is well, it's interesting to me. It won't be interesting to anyone else. Is in some parts of North America, they're so served... uh,
0: Sorry, I have to say, just to interrupt you for the visuals that uh, a thumb, uh, a thumbs up icon just appeared by your head. Oh, how very interesting! But it wasn't <laughs> it's like like balloon. the balloons all over again. <laughs> Somebody.
1: Some AI bot is listening to this and who likes Brussels sprouts.
0: Okay, yeah, maybe exactly. So maybe they then maybe they
1: them know what I'm going to say, which is yeah. that sprout tops, which are just leaves from the outer bit of the sprouts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are blanched for a very, very short period of time in water, leaving them nice and crunchy, dressed with a bit of olive oil and lemon juice, is served as a side in really good steakhouses. In New York, mm. for example. And that's the only time I like them. So I burnt my sprouts because I don't like vegetables seeing water. I think they no. should no, 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 no. You, or... should,
0: you should do them in a pan or in the exactly. oven. Roast them. Yes.
1: But this is where I went wrong, you see, because I put the sprouts in a pan. I put some fresh orange juice in, a little bit of black pepper, a tiny bit mm. of oil, and I put the lid on and I forgot. Oh, and when I went back to because I was watching something, I was watching a film called Merry and Gay.
0: Merry and film. Gay.
1: We'll get onto that later. <laughs> and then I went back to it. Black sprouts. But do you know what? I didn't care. I salvaged them. No, I sliced yeah. the top of them, left yeah. the soggy, unburned remains on the window ledge and scrubbed out the pan. The pan Good. was actually not salvageable. So I threw it in the bin really that is you? a
0: serious burning incident it oh was God. serious
1: burning it really was so that was my right
0: that was my well Christmas that's annoying incident. that's annoying I mean. i'm i'm a fan of um sprouts well, i love sprouts but with um yeah definitely roast them or fry them For especially sure. if you cut them half and then sort of caramelize them with a cut side down and then bacon or, mm, or nuts thyme. actually something crunchy with time a bit of time oh, as thyme. well
1: okay Time is really good. Now, can I tell you about my disastrous dessert at New Year? Uh, yes, you can. Okay, so do you remember that I sent you a photograph of the first stage of my dessert, which Ooh. was when I was caramelising that pineapple?
0: Yes, you did. You do you remember? That. Yes. I mean, listen. It was looking very promising stuff. at that stage.
1: I have such a sad life. I'm sending photographs. <laughs> to a WhatsApp group, that Kathleen's. Um, saying here's the first bit of my design. we
0: were all very uh you know envious and wanted to join your dinner party
1: well and rightly so because that pineapple caramelized beautifully I added some really good quality rum burned Mm -hmm. off the alcohol set it aside and my next bit was going to be um frothed coconut milk right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and on top of that was going to be some prunes soaked in rum and some pecan nuts
0: okay yes caramelized I hope yes it was a disaster
1: oh <laughs> Why? because do you remember I was bragging about having this technique to froth mm-hmm. the coconut milk mm-hmm. in the coffee milk frother in the frother that some of us have to make a nice flat white at home
0: some of us in zone one yeah
1: <laughs> didn't work I ah. am here to tell you Kathleen it did not well work. so
0: you'd never done it before Because you were acting dead cocky on the WhatsApp. Yeah,
1: I know. What can I tell you? This (laughs) you acted
0: like this was like a well-known secret that you only you knew.
1: In fact, I said. I think I framed it in that way. Yes, you did. (laughs) And actually, listen to me. Let's tell everyone on the WhatsApp group. Don't try this at home. Yeah, it does not work.
0: No one on that WhatsApp group is showing signs of wanting to froth coconut milk in a cappuccino.
1: But you know, look. Apart from that watching merry and gay which you can find on netflix okay was an absolute scream it was it's so it's two gay men is it it's two lesbians it ah. is and absolutely it's so bad it's good and i thought to mm. myself as i was watching it this has to be a mention on our podcast okay because,
0: so so bad it's good because cheesy well, cheesy i mean honestly it's
1: about these it, well look Broadway star Becca, she's got a really good career, um, you know, doing tap dancing or whatever people on Broadway mm. do, comes home to her small town for Christmas, and mm. she starts to fall in love with her high school sweetheart Sam. That's does she work in a bar, girl Sam? I think she does something like that. Right. It's all it's all very friends. It's all kind of definitely modelled on that. Okay, and they actually get together with the help of their two meddling mums now isn't that a modern day Aww. story
0: yes yeah, how, yeah. And we, is this some sort of small town in um iowa or somewhere that you, you it's supposed know to it. be but so it, yeah so it's yeah, exactly nice of progressive
1: uh yeah stuff there. yeah so that's my le- that was my lesbian content over christmas right okay. what about you I'm did you watch any did lesbian any stuff lesbian
0: content No, I watched um, some films with gay male content. Um, They were both terrible, I think. What did you watch? Um, And I think you've seen them too, so I think you agree with me possibly. But um, the first one I saw was Saltburn. And the second one was Maestro. And I'm afraid, even though these are like being fated everywhere as uh, brilliant films, I thought they were both atrocious. Saltburn worse than Maestro, I thought. Um, okay, tell me why. Oh, Saltburn. Um, it was like it was. So this is a film about um, a sort of upper class Aristo family kind of brideshead revisited situation with a um um a working class boy who goes to Oxford and meet and gets him, falls in love with this aristocratic beautiful boy who then takes him back to his family estate, uh, mansion, and um introduces him to his Insane and Aristo family, Rich D. Grant, um, Rosamund Pike, is that her name? Um mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan was in it. She's also in Maestro. So it was star-studded, which I actually hate. You know, when you you know, mm-hmm. when you every single character that arrives on the screen is a really famous actor, then that sends my spidey sentences tingling anyway, because I just think, oh, this is almost a bit like serving um wagyu beef. That's right. You know, instead of something that involves real skill, you're just relying on the star power. And um, it was incredibly camp. And it was also shot like a music video, like with such an eye to the trailer, like the trailer looks amazing because you've got all these beautiful, half-undressed, sexy, young things, wearing cool clothes and and, um, being louche. Uh, But but, uh, over time, it just became irritating and then the storyline is demented i mean and i don't want to say too much about the storyline but there's a lot of murders shocks twists um no one's motivation is no one's a real person mm-hmm. in it at all so mm-hmm. that's my view what do you think what did you think of album? okay so i absolutely hated it
1: but uh-huh. interestingly i hated it way more after i came out of the cinema the next day Right than I did during some of it so I could almost put the film into two parts first of all it's it's way too long it's it's too long mm. mm-hmm. the first part I was able to kind of escape into the parody of it so mm. as you say working class boy ends up at Oxford now my partner went to Oxford and talks about the working class kids there that were mm. just some of whom hated it and left and didn't even stay a term it was so mm. bad for them Mm-hmm. Others, of course, reveled in it and just thought, "Wow, this is a world that you know I've I've never seen before." And and all, it was almost like being in a Harry Potter film, mm-hmm. it was just complete, you know, kind of magic. And so I've always had this sort of bit of a fascination with with class and with how that plays out in settings like Oxford. And so I was able to kind of enjoy the ridiculous parody of the upper class, the aristocratic attitudes towards working class people, because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, Saltburn is the stately home, isn't it? Stately homes like that do not exist anymore.
0: No, Oh no, God, not. no. It was enormous. It was, it was ridiculous. It, was like it, made down,
1: yeah, it made Downton Abbey look like a, a shed. Yeah. but so, so that bit I was able to get carried away, along with, but I hated everyone in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, of course, I hated, there were some scenes in there. I've got a very <laughs> low tolerance for yuck.
0: <laughs> there was one particularly disgusting scene. Uh,
1: I mean, I'm thinking of four scenes. Okay. I actually had to because it's a horror film. Actually, mm-hmm. and I had to hide my head, and and I've got a real high tolerance for atrocities of all kinds because of the work I do, because of the reporting that I do. I've had mm. to, but stuff like that, and I'm not going to say anymore. But mm. yuck stuff, real I visceral can't,
0: bodily yeah. fluid
1: stuff. I absolutely. Hated it.
0: It didn't even really fit with the whole thing you know, just I mean, it was a bit like it's also a bit like talented Mr. Ripley, but with Ripley, you really know why you can really get a sense of why the main character is acting as he does. I mean he yes. in love with a character or he becomes obsessed with him, an upper class character. That is such a fantastic film. Um mm. but with this you just did it was Barry Is it Keon? I don't know how to pronounce Kean. The he's the Irish, mm. he's an Irish actor and he's a good actor, and I've seen him in um I think he's in The Hunting of the Sacred Deer or another one by that that same director. Mm. Um, he's a really good actor. He's got a really interesting face. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what he was doing in this.
1: I, really. I couldn't be doing with him. I now detest him because of that film. <laughs> but interestingly, I'll tell you the one character that I did enjoy. And mm. the reason why this is interesting to me is that normally I can't bear him in anything is Richard E. Grant, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I actually really enjoyed his role in it. So, okay. so I didn't hate all of it, but I hated it in general. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to lose friends over this because there's various, you know, really good friends of mine that we agree on really important, groundbreaking issues mm. who loved
0: that film. Yeah. And
1: I'm itching for a fight with them.
0: Like, why? What? No. Well, I I mean, this also applies to the next film we're going to discuss, Maestro, but... um. Mm. I just came away thinking, because these are very lauded films, why is modern film so rubbish? And I why know. is it such a pastiche? Everything's a pastiche. Like it's a it's a sort of it was a bit like Knives Out, which I sort of liked. But, oh yes. No, you're you right. know, though. everything's camp and over the top and um drawing on like really hackneyed tropes. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I just, I like I just wish What's... I could see something really original that's of the moment and not drawing on like loads of uh, old fashioned yeah, tropes and too. ironizing them.
1: I mean, that film that um, that we both have seen and I think mentioned. I don't know whether it was on this podcast or in conversation elsewhere um, about the restaurant, and it's it's obviously riffed on that oh, yeah, Norwegian, the Norwegian. Oh, God, what a hideous film.
0: <laughs> oh, I quite oh, like the
1: menu. Absolutely hideous film. But if you compare <laughs> it to, um, what was the film, um, Babette's Feast, or, you know, some okay.
0: of the... Yeah, of, it's not a Babette's Feast. It's not Babette's sure. Feast, but, yeah, modern film is rubbish, which takes us to Maestro. Okay, well, Maestro. Well, you go, you go first on Maestro. You've got strong views. Okay, so I was really
1: keen to see Maestro. Um, I just love kind of big musical sounds and drama. And it's about Leonard
0: Bernstein.
1: It's about Leonard Bernstein, who's a really fascinating character. And I love the idea. I mean, I've written about female conductors in the past and just find that whole world really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, oh my God, from the second that film started until the last frame... I wanted to kick the screen throw paint at it but I wanted to to rip up the chairs in the cinema and throw them at everybody that was enjoying <laughs> oh
0: my it God. Why, why, would... why 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 what from the minute so was it the was it the a
1: second okay so I wanted I would have left had I not been watching it with someone who wouldn't even leave the cinema when a film is still going on if it was burning down right Right. so I knew that I would be a real killjoy to leave that cinema and Mm -hmm. I hated it so much Kathleen I was almost enjoying hating it right right so two things first of all the smoking the smoking now I do not I'm not judgmental about smoking I've had two stints in my life lasting a few years in my 20s and a few years in my 40s where I smoked and I didn't do any of that low tar shit I was caps. I was full Marlborough red. Right. Right. I loved smoking. It was a joy. I mean, it knackered my lungs. It's Mm. terrible. But trust me, I do not judge. I even let people smoke in my house as long as there's a window open. But nobody smokes anymore. And our tolerance has really reduced because of not smoking indoors and the like. Mm. But every single frame, he was either noisily clicking on a lighter, sucking the smoke.
0: Oh, is this your misophonia or whatever it is? Yes, is it really related is. related to the crisps?
1: It's related
0: to For those to people that. who don't know that Julie doesn't like listening to people eat crisps. I don't know if it is, is it called misophonia or something like that? It is. It just means that you want to punch somebody in the face if you hear them. It's the technical term, <laughs> for wanting to punch people in trains.
1: That kind of thing
0: right okay usually so it was the actual men. the clicking and the sucking and the sucking and the but it was out.
1: also the the the, the wreaths of smoke and it was the fact that when he was conducting he had a cigarette in his mouth mm. when he was talking to his kids he had a cigarette in his mouth when his wife And was so did his wife room.
0: his wife smoked constantly too
1: yeah but he was on 100 a day and there wasn't a frame except for one one scene towards the end when he was Conducting, and it was a beautiful piece of music, and he wasn't smoking. And that's the only bit of the film that I didn't want to punch the screen in during, right, but okay. it was too late for me. But there was another thing, and this is much, much more, I think, pertinent to our mm-hmm. discussion, which was the way that I think that he was portrayed in a very sympathetic manner because he was married to a woman. I think he was bisexual. He was married to a woman, he clearly had sexual encounters with other women he also had sexual encounters with men during their marriage he was off literally taking his boyfriends on holiday with him and his wife um, Mm. not sneaking around at all not being in the closet not having to be closeted but making his wife feel terrible Mm. and and it just occurred to me that we're supposedly sympathetic to him why he had a wife who nurtured his career, nurtured him, saw him as a god, nurtured his talent. He was off mm. shagging whoever the hell he wanted. I'm sorry, this is just male behavior. And <laughs> anyway, before before I, I get into more of that, tell me what you thought of it.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't bothered by the smoking. In fact, I enjoy watching films with lots of people smoking because I can vicariously relive my own smoking. Yes. Um, it's, it's sort of like watching people make food. It kind of satisfies to some extent that urge, but um, I found it mannered in the extreme. I, I mean, I'm sure that they were trying to get the dialogue true to the kind of '50s idiom and '60s, but um, but Jesus, I couldn't understand what they were talking about half the time. It was mm. so repressed, and 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 the sort of the way that it's all delivered in this kind of affected tone particularly the woman character I mean she really was doing stuff with her voice Kerry Mulligan yeah. to try and like mimic um I guess they must have watched video so I don't know what the original people really sounded like I think I know what Leonard Bernstein sounded like um but just yeah that annoyed me just so mannered the uh-huh. art direction very very controlled obviously nice to look at loads and loads of money spent on it um in terms of like getting everything uh beautiful and and looking. Uh-huh. But I'm not even sure if it's accurate. That's the thing. It's like an accurate idea of a very, very highly finessed um, idea of the 60s. Now, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just don't I think we're losing track of what things really looked like and sounded like then. They've just become so mannered, our depictions of them. Yeah. Um, and then what did I think about it? Otherwise, uh, just, yeah, boring. Um lots of people just talking and talking and and also really just focusing on 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 the sexual aspect is so cliched and dull yeah. now like we're still still supposed to get excited about the fact that he had affairs with men and even in this day and age
1: right um I mean, isn't there anything cares? else
0: in his life that we yeah. could have dramatized interestingly that would be a change
1: or or hers I mean I agree with you it was complete style over content and Mm. that irritated me because I like films to look beautiful but we lost something integral Mm. but the other thing is I mean there was a load of hoo-ha about the fact that the actor wore a prosthetic nose because Bernstein had um, a bigger nose than the actor and of course that is also uh, an anti-semitic stereotype about Mm. Jews and big noses and so there was sensitivity around that. And I don't agree with it. I think that if they want to actually make actors look a little bit more uh, like the character that they're playing, I also don't think that they should have to do that. I think acting should be acting, but mm. I don't have an issue about the prosthetic. But mm. if he was willing to do that, he wasn't willing to put weight on for the part, was he? Because <laughs> he was way more slender than was
0: Bernstein. So what what the hell is, is... It's Bradley Cooper, isn't it? Um, He was directing it as well, I think. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I didn't have a strong feeling about the nose. It It was better. It 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 was better than that awful nose that, um, oh shit, what's the name? Played in the hours. um, Oh Christ. i have forgotten
1: about the hours. Virginia
0: Woolf, um, that that actor with the red hair, whose name's totally gone on my head, but um, that was a terrible nose and distraction. It was. It was a terrible film. That was one of the worst films I've ever seen, actually, the hours. It was terrible. I I
1: actually just think, you know, if you're an actor, (laughs) if you're an actor, just act. And will believe that yeah, you exactly. are that character
0: exactly everything's got to be a simulacrum of reality these days like like a waxwork museum rather than just creating right. something new anyway um but a question is
1: that yeah. you know we i suppose could ask of the film is obviously we were led down the kind of sympathetic route towards how he lived his life perhaps i mean he wasn't closet he was not a closet
0: but he was not a closet and also the other annoying thing i know this is what happened in reality but um the fact it fitted so neatly into the stereotype is that she died you know so she got to be this kind of right noble transfigured uh woman who really helped him see all this stuff and then she but she did it sort of by her life and then her death Mm. um i suppose i suppose we're just a bit jaded aren't we because it is quite a nice love story in some ways well, I don't think so. I mean, he, he was even
1: smoking in the doctor's waiting room when she got <laughs> her diagnosis. So let's get a grip, Kathleen. <laughs> now, look, what if roles were reversed, though? Because we are the Lesbian Project podcast and we need to talk yeah, about Yeah, we are. Lesbians. We haven't actually mentioned anything
0: to do with lesbians <laughs> well, <laughs> the entire time so far.
1: But remember, we did mention Mary, um, Mary and Gay, which featured two lesbians. We
0: did, yes.
1: <laughs> but let's get on to presumed or kind of fantasy leserism, which is what if the roles were reversed? Mm. And if the wife Mm. um, was a lesbian or bisexual and having relationships with women, sexual encounters with women during her relationship with Mm. a man who then nurtured her career and mopped her brow and, you know, Mm. was, was basically there in the way that she was for him. Can we imagine that film?
0: Well, the only way I can imagine it is if the man was a bit was a gay man. I mean, I I, I can't think of any specific examples, but I'm pretty sure that there are um, occasional examples of extremely starry, talented women like opera singers or I was thinking of Maria Callas, but I know nothing about her sex life. But, you know, the, the women who end up married to a man who helps their career. So that is possible. Um and and it has happened occasionally. Though obviously, it's much more likely to be the other way around. Hmm. But in, I just can't. What I can't imagine is the sort of um, nobly just. I mean, did she have affairs? Sorry, did Bernstein's wife had affairs? I don't I think she, looked she... After she the children.
1: Yeah, I don't think she did. I mean, possibly, but it was it was so much that she was.
0: Just... I think if it was a man married to a, a woman who's having lots of affairs with women, then he'd be having lots of affairs too. I just can't imagine this the degree of self sacrifice. Sorry, and this is a vast generalization. Obviously, there are some men that you know um, would would uh, perhaps do it, but I I just can't imagine anyone being that self sacrificing as to like give up pretty much their own entire life and successful career in order to support the talent of a woman who was also out shagging.
1: Well, what are we going to do? Because that's, you know, I mean, well, I went to see Wonka.
0: Uh, which is a <laughs> oh, kids don't film. tell me that, uh, that it's got some relation to what we've just been talking about.
1: It's got no lesbianism in it at all. It is a no. children's film. It's got no, well, when I say it's got no
0: umpa no, lumpa action.
1: It's got a little bit of lumpa umpa action, actually. It's got a little <laughs> bit of Bavarian sauciness. I'm not gonna spoil the plot. Okay. But do you know what? I just needed to see a film that blew away the cobwebs mm. of those two films of Saltburn and Maestro. And I went to see it in a little art house cinema um, by the coast where I'm staying for New Year. And I went in the afternoon with a couple of friends. Oh, my God, did I feel happy coming out of that film.
0: Oh, Which is nice. not something you
1: often hear me say. No, right?
0: you need to see more, not more uplifting children's films.
1: Well, I do. And it was so clever because it definitely spoke to the adults and it definitely spoke to the kids. And there was lots of inference about kind of Godfather you know, okay. um, uh, you know, drug cartels that turned into chocolate cartels. Because, as you know, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the original film,
0: yeah,
1: is all about making chocolate. But it was such a lovely film, and I honestly recommend it to anybody. Just suspend your disbelief. I mean, we were walking into that cinema, the only adults without children, and I was thinking of borrowing a couple of kids, yeah, so as to not feel <laughs> embarrassed. But it it was fabulous.
0: Oh, good. That's nice. I'll definitely watch that. Um Good. Yeah, Good. you need a bit of Christmas spirit. In the, and it's in short so
1: time. we've mentioned bisexuals. We've barely mentioned lesbians. Oh,
0: well, we could mention bisexuals um, because we've been checking out... Um, you drew my attention. Sorry, and we're not going to say anything horrible about bisexuals. No, we're we'll really lead not. lead with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you... Um, cause, and that's just to say... I'm only referring to that because we've been told that we've pissed off quite a lot of bisexuals. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this club, isn't there, that you drew my attention to um, that we should talk about. It's called Skirt Club. In fact, I tried to look it up again on my um, computer just beforehand um, before we started recording. And my computer won't let me even access it because it (laughs) thinks it's dirty content. So I had to look it up on my phone. And it is dirty content, to be honest, in a sort of soft uh, porn way. Um, So what is Skirt Club?
1: Uh, I actually couldn't believe it. And I'm not exactly naive when it comes to matters of commercial sex and the sex trade and Mm. swinging parties and the like. Not because I go to them, but because I write a lot about them.
0: This is. I think that was didn't need to be spelled out for people possibly
1: but... well i don't know i mean obviously you know i don't know what my reputation is external to
0: <laughs> to this but okay. look
1: i mean the promo video on the website with the yeah. women in their sunglasses and bikinis oh god got online. They,
0: so so there's basically so we should say what it is it's a uh in a nutshell it's a club for bisexual women who are bi-curious who it says that the the founder, who's called something preposterous like Genevieve Lejeune yeah. or something, made up name alert. Um, she she went to some part sex party with her bloke, but then realised that she was just performing for the male gaze, and so had the idea of start starting this uh, sex club basically for bi curious bisexual women. Um, but the the funny thing is that all the promo material you couldn't be more tuned into the male gaze Mm -hmm. if you tried so there's um these three women on a yacht wearing thongs and bikinis um there's a lot of ass shots an awful lot of ass shots and then there's a lot of like lingering kind of licking of the sunglass leg (laughs) you know inserting the sunglass leg into your mouth it gets worse the the longer it staring um licking lips moving you know Doing your hair I don't want to start acting this out for the camera oh my god um it's (laughs) hilarious it's really funny isn't it (laughs) it is hilarious and it gets it gets funnier the longer it goes on when
1: you watch those promo videos but it's effectively something that I can't quite place so it's supposed to be for women who just want to try out a bit of leathering.
0: and yeah I mean they don't mention the word lesbian obviously and they have um mini skirt nights which are In public, I've I've been looking at all the FAQs. In public uh, places, and there's a hostess who gives you a glass of champagne or a cocktail, and there might be an icebreaker sort of thing. But you basically get to know people in a public place, and then there is the full experience, the signature, which is in a private house and anything goes apparently, and (laughs) and it's all over the world as well. They say all the major cities like London, Barcelona, Berlin. So it's like
1: Soho House. So you can go to New York or you could go to Milan and get a bit get a bit lezzard up go to skirt club but I tried to sign up for it and because I well what I wanted to do was find out how much it cost what the terms and conditions were were you allowed to film because my suspicion is that this is women actually getting saucy getting it on for their blokes at home call me cynical Uh, you know I'm sure that there was all stripes
0: it says on the website that you're definitely not allowed to film but they send you to a pinterest <clears> site <throat> where they've they've um got some ridiculously optimistic pictures of what it must look like lots of uh, I mean, black and things. white and um gorgeous pouting it, it's it, lady. honestly
1: it's ludicrous and the reason why i thought i might just go as far as i could without paying to sign up was just to find out how much it costs because it's clearly and how for much does m- it money. cost because I, I don't know it's-
0: no, I no I, I do because we looked and did we not discuss this before? It's cheap. That's, that's Oh yes, you're I, right. You're right, I was you're right. Shocked yes. how cheap it is. So um they've got this all this shtick about like if you're a VIP, <laughs> if you're like a very important person or you you know, you might be public, then they have a concierge service so that you can you don't have to be online because it's also a kind of dating site, I guess. Of course. Um but you don't have to be public. They can kind of sort you out somehow privately. But even the concierge service was incredibly cheap. So that made me think, I don't know why, but I just thought the cheaper this is, the less confidence I have in it. Because all the talk is a yeah. high-end luxury experience and actually they're not charging that much. But,
1: so but what I was looking... How bad can it be? Well, I was looking at the prices for for full global membership though, because there's different staggered <laughs> full global.
0: rates. Global membership. <laughs>
1: And it just doesn't ring kosher to me. It just doesn't. No, There's yeah. something about it that make, it's almost like it's a fluke. But actually, I've heard. I know one woman who has been to it. Oh yeah. Who is a, a from a contact of a a friend of a contact who she alert didn't write it out for that.
0: Metro, did she? Because I just read a uh, no someone from Metro, which is increasingly a ship. Absolute shitwreck. Um went to a party and it was all about how um, a woman laid her head on my chest and moved her mouth towards my nipple. I mean, imagine writing
1: I, that. I, I can't imagine retro. writing it and I definitely can't imagine being there. <laughs> a few years ago, there was a rumour in my, the outer circles of my friendship group that there was a lesbian sex club going on somewhere in South London and mm-hmm. that it was in somebody's penthouse suite. And they'd turn up. And of course, it was a non-commercial event and they'd all get it on. And I just mm-hmm. thought to myself, I just can't imagine it. Just, you know, fill your boots, do whatever. If you want group sex and if you want to have sex in front of others watching you, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, But, you know, who cares? But apparently it died a death quite soon after it started. And it's a bit it like lesbian
0: be bed death. Well, yeah, in, in a group setting. <laughs> they all ended up drinking cups of tea and talking about their cats.
1: <laughs> well, and crying about their ex, of
0: course.
1: <laughs> and and actually, you know, if you think about the commercial ventures that have been attempted by pimps and other, um, yeah. you know, sex entrepreneurs, they die a death very quickly. I remember being in Amsterdam mm. researching the sex trade a few years back and was told about one of the window brothels in de Wallen in the notorious centre of Amsterdam, where the women are displayed like pieces of meat, which is exactly how they're seen and treated, that one of those window brothels was for lesbians, was for women only. And so, of course, I looked into this and it was nothing of the sort. It was the men, the punters, the usual, Johns, Mm. would take their female partners along for a bit of girl on girl action. And, you know, so I've never heard of a lesbian or, or a viable commercial sex outlet in of any stripe. That, that
0: men aren't involved in. That men aren't in involved in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the bits of the video, the promo video, involves a, a woman crawling down yes. a yes. corridor on her hands and oh, knees God, in a with Andy. her ass in the camera. And it's just the most hornified um, thing. And... It is very hard to imagine, but it's, it does say it's for bisexual women. So I imagine, like, even if there aren't men there, if you watch enough porn, if women mm-hmm. watch enough porn, they can get into the perspective of a man looking at themselves. Yes. Um. So I think the men are in their heads if they're not right. necessarily in the room. They're in their heads. Of course. And it's that
1: scene with her crawling down the corridor reminded me of a particular lovely porn genre Vicky and Cindy play with their huge toy which was all of course about performing some hideous sex act for men whilst Is a looking a genre
0: or an action? Actual... No
1: it's a full genre because there are then Vicky and Cindy too. Vicky and Cindy go to market, okay. whatever and right. whilst looking at the camera um, with this kind of forced grin on their faces clearly not enjoying any second of it as women in porn do not And with some horrible men there. Anyway, this is awful. This is awful. Let's let's (laughs) us move on from from the hideous skirt club and introduce (laughs) a new sexual identity this week, as we normally do. Is there
0: another one? I think I know what you're about to say, but just remind me what is this new sexual identity that's hit the market? Yeah.
1: So we bring you on every podcast, dear listeners, and it is don't that's complete. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
0: But we will mention from now on. one. Okay. It will be one of our new resolutions, which we also haven't talked about yet.
1: We'll, we'll talk about New Year's resolutions later. Sexual identity in. of the week. Definitely. Okay, Kathleen, my sexual identity of the week that I want to propose is abrosexuals.
0: And what are abrosexuals? You didn't make this up. This is real. No, oh, well, I'm, real in inverted covers. <laughs>
1: no, I'm going to tell you the definition of an abrosexual okay, is, is. a person who is abrosexual may, at times, be pansexual. But at other times, they may be heterosexual or asexual. Their sexual orientation is in flux. People who are pansexual are attracted to all people, no matter their gender or sexuality.
0: All people? That can't be right. Is that what it says?
1: I haven't finished yet. While abrosexuality is characterised by its fluidity.
0: So asexuality. this is the sexual identity for people with borderline personality disorder.
1: Exactly that. <laughs> and it's very very handy isn't it because we've got forward with asexuality, abrosexuality brings us a new verve.
0: Well, I mean what this to be a sort of semi-serious about this ludicrous thing because yeah what you sent me was an article in Fox News. Fox yes, News. It I suppose was they were in trolling? Trolling. Yeah. I did then look it up and there are other people doing it in a sort of serious uh, way Mm -hmm. um it's that thing of having a label for not having a label you know like you can't just be ambiguous anymore you can't just be making your mind up you can't just think well I don't really know yet but I'm gonna um find out you have to have a label for the state of not really knowing and you know so now you're you before you were just had no label and now you're a label your label is the person whose fluid whose identity is fluid and there's another example which i think i no, i haven't written about before but it's um it's literally the label the sexual identity is um that you don't think any sexual identity labels apply to you that is your sexual identity so it's sort of like paradoxical because it can't possibly be true either they don't apply or they do apply i mean it's absolutely batshit isn't
1: it because looking back at what was termed the lesbian sex war Mm. which and
0: what was that again well it it it, was
1: it was in it was in the 1980s where the I suppose I would I would frame it like this and others would absolutely disagree with this take on it that lesbian culture became very influenced highly influenced by gay male sexual culture so BDSM um the kind leather. of leather um snm club sadomasochistic sex play which got really really um ridiculous in the sense that there were clubs where women were being led around on leashes by mm. their dominant partners um crawling on all fours speaking of crawling on all fours at the skirt club this was listen the lesbians in the 80s were also crawling on all fours and and there was this big debate as to whether or not you could have lesbian porn so porn for lesbians a sex toy emporium was was started um by a woman who was very hostile to feminism there was lots and lots of public debates where the leather dykes uh, as they were known the s&m dykes um, were arguing with the uh, women on the other side that look like something out of Bonte magazine, <laughs> myself included. And we were those of us that were against the sexualization. So the hiking
0: gear versus the
1: <laughs> I never wore hiking gear.
0: Okay, sorry. But I hear I what say you're
1: saying. That. So we were referred to as vanilla, meaning only one flavor of, you know, the kind of mm. ice cream range. And the others were the edgy pro that they started calling themselves pro-sex, which I found Really That's ridiculous really, because as if the really other side were anti-sex. Yeah. I mean, it would be like saying that. Well, some of them are, but. Well, it would be like saying if you if you you know don't if you object to McDonald's that you're anti-food. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there were all these debates, and actually, what I do know, and I know you tell me off rightly so every single episode <laughs> of this podcast for promising our listeners something that <laughs> we then <laughs> forget to do, but we really are going to have this discussion. Yeah, we are. In 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 a future episode with someone who was on the opposite side to me in the Mm -hmm. sex wars, who's a brilliant woman and and who um you know I'm very friendly with. So, but it was really acrimonious and it got um it got quite nasty. It got Mm. very, very confrontational, polarized. So if you think about that lesbian sex war and Mm. which which fizzled out because, you know, everybody got bored with it, and anyway, you know. SM, you know and he has a particular shelf life you can't really take your partner on a lead into Tesco's direct and then now if we think about what's going on today where you've got all the abrosexuals and the asexuals and the pansexuals and the genderqueers amongst the so-called well those who we would yeah
0: virtuous
1: lesbians bloody ridiculous bring back the 80s that's what well, I say I
0: mean you can't have a good sex war if you if, if there's <laughs> 17,000 factions I mean you obviously you need two or three to get a good tribalist thing going yeah um although i do think the asexuals are making a bit of a bid for tribal domination at the moment here we go again lose but here we go again slating
1: (laughs) slating
0: the asexuals yet again yet again kathleen it's It's like i have to keep specifying i don't care at all if you don't have sex with people that's fine i just think it's ridiculous to pretend that you have some kind of political uh problem because of it it's anyway
1: absolutely scandalous but you make a very good point you can't have a decent lesser sex war no. if you've got too many factions because that battlefield will look like absolute mayhem <laughs> it's
0: very confusing everyone will have to have badges
1: on yeah uh, well of course there will pronoun badges and yeah, then exactly. identity badges and if you're on your horse with a sword or a pistol, you're going to accidentally kill one of the asexuals. When <laughs> you mean think, to go for the abrosexual
0: Yeah. I mean it's own it's a very this is not going to be a very in it physically impressive battle, I think. No. Um most people um that take on these labels don't leave their bedrooms, do they? So
1: no, you're absolutely right. And they're not going to come out to speaking to of Speaking as someone
0: who is sitting in her bedroom <laughs> recording a podcast. Uh,
1: well, you know, here we go. But at least we're not pretending to be on that battleground no. No. fighting for the rights of sapiosexuals
0: <laughs> no, to rule
1: the world, not. are
0: we? But we did mention New Year's resolutions there. And I just thought I'd ask you, do you have any?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I look, it's the same every year, isn't it? Um more exercise, less drinking, um, <laughs> better discipline with writing, don't write another book.
0: Better discipline with writing. You write all the time.
1: Well, yeah, but the thing is that I need to be more disciplined about my methods. All right,
0: so your discipline is like don't write as much.
1: I just lay awake from five o'clock this morning until I decided to give up at half past seven, writing
0: an entire essay in my head. Do you ever oh, do I that? See. Uh no, no, I don't. I'm afraid, but um, I mean, I, I, sometimes I get an idea, but then I will usually just write it down immediately because I, I, I can't really think these things through without seeing it on the page.
1: Well, I've forgotten everything now.
0: Ah, uh, well, you should have, had, you should have a notebook and pen by your bed. <sighs> I know, but look,
1: the thing is that that's why one of the reasons why I need more discipline. Okay, tell me
0: about your New Year's resolutions, Kathleen. <sighs> Say, I mean similar um i well i could just say that i have actually already enacted one for the benefit of people who've been complaining about the fact that the light bulb in my uh chandelier thing hasn't been changed look Kathleen
1: Muzzle tov thank you it looks fabulous and i know there'll be some disappointed viewers because they they've told me in secret that they quite enjoy looking at that imperfection in your light fitting that's quite I don't strange, know why to say
0: listen there's all, all these people
1: kinks for everyone well
0: don't worry there's plenty of other imperfections they can focus on um but uh okay so my resolutions i also exercise more um every day in fact because what i do is i write a column every week and um as i mean you write every week too but it takes me quite a long time and once i start that column i basically sit hunched like a a gnome of my it's keyboard horrible isn't it and literally don't move yeah. anything except my hands um for 15 hours you it's know horrible. basically and I've actually messed up my shoulder mm-hmm. really badly so I've got to sit up straight I'm going to start writing here um <laughs> rather than lying on bed which is where I write everything else yeah so that's that thing and then yeah eat better lose weight um drink less the usual. They're very boring, the, but they are quite good. All of the things that we know
1: we probably won't do, but it feels good saying it. And speaking of which, we must book that dinner with those cocktails at that restaurant
0: before we start must. properly.
1: <laughs> so, the thing about writing hunched is terrible. I have hmm. paid more to a physio because there's no NHS physio, um, and I've paid more to an osteopath than hmm. I've earned from writing in that way. Back. Yeah. she does your shoulders yeah, exactly don't exactly. do
0: it young younger writers well i'm sure that they're all it. sitting on their fancy chairs with you know sitting on those chairs where you end up on your knees somehow and um, you know yeah. the, the younger generation don't need our advice we, we need to follow their we advice. they're all really do. healthy they hardly drink you're absolutely right we have got no right
1: to tell them how to write no or how to sit you tell them, stop, stop talking about to being an
0: abrosexual. But
1: let's move on because we okay. have something of um a more serious note yes. to discuss, um, which is about a deeply um distressing mm. attack on a lesbian couple in Australia.
0: It's, yes. Um, so but it's an actually I'm not saying it's not distressing, but it happened in 2019 and they've just sued, they've just started to sue um the police. Uh So it's a lesbian couple um, who went into a casino in Melbourne in 2019. And um, basically, it says one of them, Sharon Cosgrove, lightly kissed her date in the bar and was arrested, uh, taken off in handcuffs, bundled back into the back of the police van. Then when she complained about being in custody, um, she was kept in for longer and um the claim of the people that did it is that they were drunk but um and i suppose in casinos they are quite uh quite um strict about people being drunk are they i don't know i did actually get a job in a casino once casinos rely on people being (laughs) drunk so that they buy more
1: chips and so that they. i was thinking of some james
0: bond situation where um you know everyone's highly sophisticated and anyone being drunk would be like no they bring the down it. but actually so i i did i went for an interview in a casino in dundee when i was um in my early 20s and um my image of what it would look like versus the reality of dundee casino <laughs> when i got in there was there was a big gap and then the manager interviewed me and i was wearing a long a long tube skirt to interview um I thought I better wear a skirt and he said you're not going to wear that are you going to wear something shorter um mm. so I thought I don't want this job <laughs> so oh. so yeah I do know that casinos can be quite grim in reality so yeah okay
1: casinos are really grim and I know this because I was undercover in a casino <laughs> of course in, you were of course I was quite a while ago in 2004 I was doing some research on the crossover between casinos, lap dance clubs, gentlemen's clubs, all of those kind of places, and the sex trade. And this particular casino in London had mm. effectively a brothel upstairs and winners okay. would be, the big hitters, the big players, men of course, would be offered, um, you know, a kind of free shag upstairs with some poor woman that was there to service. Well, if these they big...
0: won, they would?
1: Well, if there were big, if there were high rollers, that they called them, if there okay. were if they were spending a lot of money in the casino. I see. It was a way to relax them. That and half a pint of whiskey. Right, And okay. And it was a really horrible place and I had to get dressed up in, now listen to this, Kathleen, yeah, court shoes.
0: Yes, court shoes.
1: Tights, American tan tights. Mm. A, a skirt. I was my- What were you doing? What were you pretending to do? To be the secretary of a businessman- was my colleague, in fact an academic, a lovely man, Roger Matthews, who died of Covid during the first uh, lockdown, who was a criminologist and he was one of the only men that considered the sex trade to be harmful um, and bad for women, for the women involved. And so our roles were, he was this high-flying businessman who liked to gamble, I was his secretary who he dragged along to say, come with me to the casino for a bit and then I'll take you out for a nice dinner afterwards. So I was the reluctant secretary who nobody paid any attention to. I had classic secretary makeup on or so I thought. I looked a sight (laughs) and and it enabled me to talk to some of the women and it enabled me to talk to some of the, the men, the punters, the management because all mm. of them saw me as just completely tame, and not in any way a threat to them. So I got loads of info. Right, okay. and it's horrible places, and they want you to be drunk. They want you to spend money at the bar, and they want you to be as drunk as possible. Yeah, so that you make mistakes, and you take your eye off. The yeah, door. okay.
0: So I completely retract what I said because it's, it's obviously ridiculous. Because they also want you to not even know what time it is. Don't that's they? right. And they just want. I went to Reno um, weirdly for a philosophy conference once. Oh. It was the weirdest philosophy conference I've ever been. It was in a casino. Um, and uh, it was dark, you know, that you had no natural light. You didn't know what time it was. They just wanted you to be like um, wandering to the casino at any time or to the slot machines. So was this, so, yeah. was this conference in a casino? Yes. It was a philosophy in conference in Reno was in so a casino. It was so funny. I was only 19, uh, not 19, sorry, 22 or 23 Um, It was my first American philosophy conference and it was in Reno in, they have like big ballrooms underneath the the casinos, you know, like most hotels, American hotels do like massive. And so it was in um, rooms like that. So we'd sit listening to some incredibly dull um, paper about the definition of a novel with, and surrounded by like a lot of British academics and American academics, mostly men, you know, wearing like, shambolic kind of um, tweed jackets with elbow patches and um, being terribly repressed. And then we'd stumble out into this full-on insane kind of carnival atmosphere with like waitresses on roller skates and pianos that (laughs) played themselves and have enormous great cocktails and go off to the slot machines and acrobats like overhead. Um, It was bonkers. (laughs) <laughs> They're hideous places, aren't they? I mean, I
1: remember staying in a casino hotel um, in Vegas and it was, I, I honestly was stir crazy.
0: Right, yeah. Cause, yeah, cause you, you need to see so eat something fresh and see some daylight at some point.
1: It was so vile that at breakfast, which of course there was no natural light anyway, as you said, but mm. in the dining room would come down and it would smell of barbecue. Because they'd spray an artificial barbecue smell across all of the meat section at oh. breakfast. Yeah, that's grim. But anyway, to go back to this yes, to this scenario, to lesbians. so so w- tell you the reason why it upset me when I read it. Um, mm. was because the Sharon Cosgrove, who is um the woman, fifty nine year old lesbian who says she lightly kissed her date, is the fact that she felt she had to say lightly kiss I, I only lightly kissed her mm. the things that go on in casinos as I've said a lot of them have a knocking shop upstairs mm. there are there are men you know having scantily clad women sitting on their knees as they fondle their breasts I mean all of this goes mm. on mm-hmm. and she had to apologize for kissing her female date I yeah. mean that is outrageous how dare they but the other thing I suppose that You know, that really upset me was the fact that the police were so keen um, to do the bidding of the casino manager and arrest them and handcuff them and use excessive forces has been claimed, but that Mm. they had to resort or they chose to resort to civil um, proceedings as opposed to the criminal law, because it sounds to me like they were physically attacked. This was a criminal offence.
0: Yeah, and I mean, is it is it illegal to arrest? There's wrongful arrest, isn't mm. there? Although and they ru- they got roughed up apparently. Law.
1: Well, they they apparently
0: yeah. they used excessive force, which is common assault. I mean, you also know, sort of to go back to our skirt loop back to our skirt club discussion, that if they'd been in their early twenties getting off at the bar, the security guards would have just stood back and watched, probably um and got off on it themselves but know, because right. it was a 59 year old woman mm-hmm. i assume that 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 they just just dis- that obviously there's some kind of discrimination going on there it's quite obvious
1: it's it's horrible and and actually do you remember i can't remember which year it was in the uk where the young same sex couple the lesbian couple were um beaten up on a london bus yeah i think it was 2 years ago right so it wasn't that long ago was it and these women were young and they were conventionally attractive and the Photographs that went viral of them were, you know, one of them had a bloodied face and they looked absolutely shell-shocked as you would. Mm. And that was so distressing. It was clearly just a vicious anti-lesbian attack by men. And I remember feeling really upset to see that one of the um, women had then written a column in The Guardian telling us off for labelling them as lesbians because one of them is bisexual and telling us that trans women also come in for attack. It was as though... You know who
0: I'm really annoyed with there is the who the commissioning editor who trawled around for that, because there's no way they would have got, you know, this couple mm. who don't write professionally, as far as I remember, would have come up with the idea themselves to write a column telling off turfs for mm. um, talking about being, them being lesbians. It's just they were used, I'm pretty sure, by the agenda at The Guardian, which is obviously to moralise... Finger wag and um, misogynistically slag off lesbians where they possibly can get away with it. Oh, yeah. You're
1: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And only, well, I say only in The Guardian, it could have also been in the iPad, which was like Metro, which (laughs) may as well label (laughs) themselves Trans News One and Two. Um, (laughs) Absolute awful rags that seem to be now run by 21 year old bearded, blue fringed idiots and yeah you're right of course the fault is with that commissioning editor because it's there's there's a real line in the sand isn't there i mean of course opinion should be diverse and the guardian of course prides itself on that but isn't it a bit irresponsible to
0: the guardian prides itself on diverse opinion oh, that's, that's i mean yes of course of it course says that but there's never been a less diverse newspaper than the guardian but, uh, absolutely and
1: in fact at the at the height of its claim was back in you know the September 11 attacks in 2001, where, of course, Seamus Milne, who then went on to be um, Jeremy Corbyn's foot soldier, so a Stalinist, probably, one of those posh Trotskyists anyway, who wrote a piece saying, well, the Americans had it coming. It's chickens coming home to roost. Mm. And then they also, on the same page, on the same day, ran a column from um, an American human rights um Legal expert saying, "Here's what happened and why,
0: and it's terrible that people are actually blaming American citizens." Yeah. So that is a sort of um better example of diversity than you would get these days.
1: But I and think so that they, but f- they pride themselves these days. Yeah, they pride
0: themselves on on that. They and talk I think a lot of shit. The Guardian. Uh, they talk as a as lot you, on shit. almost everything, including themselves. But the, you know, they they are physically. They've obviously find you to read an article where a Guardian writer, sorry, with a few honourable exceptions, maybe like two honourable sessions, but where you can tell that they are desperately trying not to mention the elephant in the room or that their um, their editor has removed various bits because they even when they're trying to say something controversial, they can't do it. They can't do I know. it. And, and they see diverse opinion as,
1: okay, we'll run a feminist piece this week and then next week we'll run a misogynist.
0: I mean, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, feminist in inverted commas anyway. Oh frankly. well, feminist Zoe Williams feminist. Is, uh, f- oh, oh, yeah. feminist. Anyway, we shouldn't we're all we're getting we're digressing again. No, we're not,
1: we're not. We are, but we're kind of not because it reminded me of when I wrote a book for The Guardian, its own um in-house press on lesbian and gay culture back in 2014. Mm. And The Guardian obviously want to really promote their own books, and mine did well, it got lots of Attention.
0: There's straight uh, expectations. Straight expectations. That's oh, right. there's a copy in this house. Well, that's
1: nice. I hope you've read it. But anyway, don't worry if you haven't. Mm. But but you know the thing is that
0: what you would expect is a review in the Guardian, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, they do right? review their own yeah. people all the time. So yeah. yeah.
1: But but guess what they did? And I know this from someone who used to work there, who was in that the who was on the desk, the review desk mm. at the time. They commissioned a really vicious, misogynistic, trans activist, um, so-called trans woman, who personally hated me, who had written really vicious blogs about me, mm. commissioned oh, that nice person to do a review. But yeah. guess what? That person didn't file the review in time. So no <laughs> review ran. So Kathleen, um I love this podcast and I'm always delighted when I hear anyone say that they also like it. Mm-hmm, me too. But guess what happened to me in new year's day? What? What happened? Well, okay. So I'm staying in Margate right now, which is a lovely English seaside town. And I went for a walk down to the next bay. And I was in this sweet little cafe talking to the owner. Mm-hmm. And who recognized me and said, by the way, I absolutely love your podcast, oh, and I was trying to think of one that maybe a woman done, or man man, and he was quite clearly a gay man he was an an older gay man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I thought that he meant maybe I'd been on somebody else's podcast and he'd heard it because he signs up to that podcast, mm-hmm. trigonometry, something like that., mm-hmm. but he meant this podcast, yeah, he meant this one. <laughs> I was so happy. I told him we'd give him a
0: shout out. Yeah.
1: Name, Can you remember but... his
0: name? <laughs> no,
1: but nice bloke at the cafe down the bay from Margate. Yeah, and also New probably Year's not day. a good
0: idea to identify him in mean, because Margate not everybody will feel similarly. Well, I'm there's a queer sure. bar
1: here that we're pretty much convinced there are photographs of us up on the, the <sighs> wall um to not let us in. But no, right. but he was
0: a lovely man. So isn't that nice? That is lovely. I had um I haven't had uh oh actually well I, I i mean i've had a couple of experiences recently a bit like that but one i the first one i'll just talk about briefly is i was in the house of parliament <laughs> and waiting to meet somebody and this woman came up to me young young woman came up to me and she was like oh my god oh my god i can't believe i've seen you and i love the podcast so that was cute um but the the best one for me and it's before the podcast but it was when you and me started the lesbian project Um, I was in my hometown in Montrose and we went to this, um, restaurant, which is called Ruse Leap. It's a, it's very exotic for Montrose. It's a Australian themed restaurant that was started about 25 years ago, probably longer. It's got a kangaroo shaped bit out front and it's got some surfboards on the wall, you know, and it does uh, burgers like, you know, Hawaiian, um things like that anyway went in there with my family and we've been going for years and years and years my mum, my ex-mother-in-law um my kids and we're all sitting at this massive table and this little well little I mean young gay man I would say gay I don't know for sure but I would say um local boy obviously working there came up and he was like (laughs) Kathleen and she's like I haven't got my copy of my your book here can I get a selfie and then he was like good luck with the lesbian project oh. <laughs> And my my mum and my uh you know her friend and my family were just looking at me like what on earth is going on it was so
1: funny but isn't that lovely so to two separate incidents of gay men
0: gay men I know I mean the thing is I think this might suggest that our our major demographic is gay men gay men and straight women well let's 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 give a big shout out to them but also yeah we love our gay men and straight women and and we've always said from the beginning that we wanted this podcast to be listened to by everybody because we are in fact we're pansexual
1: we are and ambro something you know the thing is (laughs) that that i have seen and i know you have too that since lesbians have been so under attack in many ways Mm. in the last few years with the whole yeah they're just basically
0: like a cultural dumping point where you can just place all your disdain your misogyny your revulsion um you can just oh lesbians no wonder no wonder young women don't want to be called lesbians
1: well quite and only because we're
0: sexual racists do we get this (laughs) which means that we won't go near people with penises obviously yes that kind of just thing. to clarify. Or, or I, is think, that... I think we're like sexual racists. We're not actually sexual racists. Mm, we're like yeah. we're supposed to be like sexual races because we're sexually selective, basically. Where that's true. We would have said that was built into the definition of being a lesbian. But who was that les-
1: well, who was that lesbian comedian who way before the sex wars got to the stage where we're supposed to actually include penises attached to men in our dating pool Mm. um, that she said it's not that I don't like penises I just don't like them on men
0: (laughs) (laughs) well these days that would be taken as some kind of admission of uh, being into Uh, the girl dick as we talked about last time and
1: she didn't mean it like that at the time she thought this time would never come where any meaning would be ascribed to it other than just a bit of a laugh who could have foreseen What are you doing now? Have you got anything nice
0: planned for the week? Um, no, I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, but I'm gonna be incredibly disciplined. I'm gonna do it all uh sitting upright. Yes. I'm gonna exercise intermittently, I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm not gonna drink. So by the time you see me next week, I'll be glowing with health and self-satisfaction. And it will be exactly the same for me. I shall be (laughs) sitting straight, walking tall
1: my shoulder pain will have gone and I will have a healthy bowl of something bubbling on the stove that has (laughs) nothing tasty in it at all because that's the rules. Anyway, have a really good week, Kathleen.
0: You too, Julie. See you soon. Bye.